Welcome to the Cookery by the Book podcast with me, Susie Chase. Hi, I'm Matthew Gavin Frank, and my book is The Mad Feast, an ecstatic tour through America's food. Feast, an ecstatic tour through America's food interweaves the culinary with personal and cultural associations of each region. What prompted you to examine a signature dish in each state? Um, well, I guess, first of all, I should start with an admission, and that's that I come from a long line of folks, Susie, who suffer from OCD. Um, and so instead of triple-checking the locks every night, I uh, kind of latched on to food for a while um, and decided uh, in private detective fashion um, to, via a series of research techniques and a whole lot of travel, try and uncover uh, the reasons why we eat uh, certain foods where we eat them. How is this cookbook an anti-cookbook? Um, I, I suppose it's because the purpose of the book isn't necessarily to make the reader hungry, um, but to make the reader inquisitive and question hunger um, in in various ways, and to question, um, again, why in a particular place we gravitate toward particular dishes and particular ingredients. Um, what are the reasons for that? And these were the sorts of things I was scratching at. Um, the reason um, my editor and I wanted to keep the recipes in there is because after traversing these chapters, and kind of going through uh, some kind of uh, strange engagement of regional history, the reader uh, would have the opportunity to actually make something physical and to become part of the story, to actually like create the thing that is being interrogated in the piece and then to perhaps eat it with a heavy heart. So there are 50 essays associated with these recipes. I really like how you pointed out the positive and negative aspects of food food and the history of that region. For example, Hawaii, where their history, you wrote, is packed into a paper cone. Can you talk a little about shaped ice? The ways in which Hawaii has become leashed to the United States uh, are somewhat atrocious. Um, yeah. And we we did, though, what we did in, in so many other um places too, except that it, it's it's a bit more intense with Hawaii just because it's it's so physically far flung. Um, we went there and basically um, decimated a culture and uh, decided to, I mean, I was, I was speaking metaphorically with that line, but decided to shape it and contain it and sweeten it and make it easily digestible for we conquerors. Um, and in, in a way, just to kind of form these borders and parameters around sadly the the culture of the conquered um by way of by way of decimating it and and taking over that land which is what we did in a, a, a lot of places too and so it's not only an, an an engagement of food but an interrogation of 
uh, our history. Oftentimes, if you examine a particular food in a particular region in the United States and you scratch at it and scratch at it and scratch at it, a very bloody history will, will leak out. So you've obviously put a lot of time into this book. It's as much of an essay book as a cookbook. How did you join the two? First of all, I've, um, I've long been obsessed with food. I uh, so I've spent most of my occupational life in restaurant kitchens. I had my first job uh, when I was 11, washing dishes in a fast food chicken shack on the outskirts of Chicago. This little place called The Brostery in the mid 80s, back when uh, the broasted chicken craze was at its height. Broasted. Isn't that just like a horrible <laughs> word to lend to food? That's so, like, the Americanization of food right there. Right. <laughs> the word itself, it seems like it requires some sort of, like, gaseous indigestion in order to pronounce it correctly. (laughs) Uh, It's revolting. It's a revolting word to lend to food and to the process of cooking. It's really just fried chicken. Um, You just fry it in more oil. So it's basically fried slash pressure cooked um, in a a lot of oil. And it's no healthier for you than fried chicken, though, in the mid-80s. That was the the marketing rhetoric. It was a healthy alternative to fried chicken, but that's completely false. So any anyhow, I realized that then, I think, even at age 11, that the words we we lend to food aren't always necessarily uh, accurate and sometimes do more to obscure the secrets lurking within the food stuff rather than to illuminate them. I just spent a long time working in restaurants, Susie, a long time thinking about food, then in turn writing about it. You've channeled the unique feel of each region and avoided the obvious foods. How did you you choose the recipe for each state? That's a that's a very good question. And um, basically conducted a lot of online research. And I wanted to pick the foods that would allow me to kind of construct these improvisational jazzy style riffs around them, whether that has to do with the shape of a particular food or its temperature or its texture or its spice or its sweetness. The other one just had to do with which food foodstuffs basically were most closely intertwined with kind of these secretive and strange aspects of the regional history. And so I I wanted to find foodstuffs that were kind of leashed to strange state histories too, so I can explore that. I interviewed a lot of folks in all of these states to solicit their opinion. And oftentimes I would just tumble down the rabbit hole. One one person in, say, uh, Charleston, South Carolina would tell me about a friend of theirs who was a chef in Charleston in the 1970s, um, and I should talk to that person. And then that person recommended another outlet. And basically I just leaped from ice flow to ice flow of, of interviewee and, and pieced it together uh, that way as, as kind of a third influence. So the food came first, not the essay. The food came first. And sometimes the thing from which I could digress. So yep, it all started with having to make that choice. And you do digress. Thank you. (laughs) I feel as if digression, uh, especially in these pieces, was incredibly important because it allowed for the element of surprise and for the reader to experience that along with me. In part, I wanted these essays to capture the 
meanderings and basically that my travels to one thing led to another which led to another and we wind up in very unexpected places in some of these essays i feel as if these unexpected places when juxtaposed with the food itself kind of illuminate the inner secrets that these foods were previously containing Yes, yeah, so much of food writing these days, I find, is just wrapped up in a pretty bow. I, uh, I got to the point, Susie, and I don't, I don't want to sound mean, but if I uh, read, uh, you know, another food, you know, as described as scrumptious or delicious or yes. succulent, um, I, I just wanted to run for the hills screaming these easy adjectives that we lend to food in order to make it, and I'm speaking metaphorically now, so no pun intended, uh, easily digestible. Yeah, palatable. Uh, right, right, right. Palatable, <laughs> easily digestible, the list goes on and on. These easy adjectives, um, as, as seemingly ubiquitously applied to food, seem to conceal the truth of that particular foodstuff and all of the history sometimes beautiful, sometimes atrocious, responsible for it rather than revealing it. And I wanted to, in a way, complicate these foodstuffs rather than simplify them um, in order to get to the very complicated truths and histories that fuel the ways in which um, we serve them today. I live in New York City, but I'm originally from Kansas. Last night for dinner, I made the Kansas recipe called Beer Rock. That's right. I... (laughs) had never heard of that dish before. With the sauerkraut and cabbage and ground beef, it seemed so German to me. Where did this dish originate? Um, it actually uh, originated um, from uh, it, it originated in Kansas, but it was introduced to Kansas by German immigrants, but also um, Russian and Polish. Uh, immigrants to who more often than not were Mennonites, and many of whom actually came from the area around the Volga River. The Beer Rock, according to my research, exploded in Kansas or was invented in Kansas by these immigrants in, in the mid 1800s. Wow, I'm shocked that I'd never heard of that. A lot of folks are shocked by the the dishes that I chose to associate with each state. I never uh, intended to reveal the secret histories of state dishes to the actual residents of those states sometimes, but folks to- have told me before that the the book has has done that in a way, which is which is sort of exciting. Where can we find you on the web? My website is matthewgfrank.com. I also have book pages, www.norton.com also. The Mad Feast is there, um, along with uh, my previous book, uh, Preparing the Ghost, which, which was about a giant squid and the first ever photograph taken of a giant squid. Thanks for taking us on the ultimate literary road trip, and thanks for coming on Cookery by the Book podcast. Susie, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. 